0: cbcs welcome back to the chapel podcast my name is anastasia davi i am the community life prefect on campus and today we are joined with brandon hendricks he has spoken here before he's the president of every generation ministries and today he is going to be talking about turning our fear into faith so without further ado here's brandon hendricks
1: hello hello how are we doing yeah fantastic glad to hear it it's good to be here with you uh, and um, be able to share the word of God with you Um, I want to talk today about fear Uh, raise your hand if you've ever been afraid of anything ever okay good Some of you apparently are afraid of telling the truth because your hand's not up, uh, and you're a liar. Uh, We're all afraid. It's just, it's just reality. Some fears we grow out of, some fears we have to conquer, but uh, we have fear, and fear is actually a good thing. If we didn't have any fear, uh, we would get ourselves into situations where we were getting hurt or killed constantly. Fear keeps us from doing stupid things, but sometimes uh, fear is something that just has to be overcome. It has to be pushed through, and, uh, and that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, raise your hand if you're afraid of spiders. All right, a lot of you. Raise your hand if you're afraid of Snakes. Raise your hand if you're afraid of heights. Raise your hand if you're afraid of the dark. (laughs) Okay. Raise your hand if you're afraid of clowns. (laughs) Okay. Good reason for all of those fears. I have a son who is afraid of the dark. And in his perfect world, uh, we would leave all the lights on in his room at night when he sleeps and probably bring in extra lights just for the closet and other things that don't get the main light. Uh, But leaving him in that fear would not help him leaving him uh, and just going, oh, you're afraid of it? Okay, well, then we'll turn on all the lights. We'll give you a flashlight. We'll do all these things. It wouldn't help him actually overcome those fears. So incrementally, we've been reducing the the light in his room. And sometimes I will even just grab his hands and we'll sit in his room and we'll turn off all the lights and it will be completely dark and I'll sit there with him. But I, I don't scare him. I don't, you know, hire someone to jump out of the closet with a knife. Uh, We just sit there. But he knows we're together. He knows he's safe. And it gives him a way to work through that fear and and begin to conquer that fear. Uh, When I was young, my father had a completely different tactic when it came to that uh, I was also I, I was pretty fearful as a child. I always thought there was something in the closet, something under the bed, and so his tactic was to be that something. Yeah, not great. I love my dad I, I have not disowned him uh, for these uh, these tactics, but he would he would hide in my closet. I would come in. Uh, For bed and I would turn off the lights and he would start rattling things like there's something in my closet and then he would jump out and Scream and I would scream and then I would start crying and then I would pull my head under the covers and be like I have the worst dad in the world and uh, And he would do that all over he would hide under my bed He'd hide behind doors and he would jump out and grab me and my reaction to that as a small child was to fall down on the ground crying, sobbing, shaking, fetal position, and I was like, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be someone who is scared of every, like, corner of my house, because my dad might jump out and scare me, and I don't want you to think he was a horrible dad. He's actually a great dad. That was just, I don't know if he was doing that for me, or if it was his own sick amusement, but (laughs) that was his tactic for me, and, uh, and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the better of him. I'm going to grow myself to the point where he can't do that to me anymore. And so I would get up uh, in the middle of the night, and I would turn off my nightlight. And I was terrified. And I would go over to the, the closet, and I would picture things jumping out at me, monsters. I would conjure monsters in my own mind. And then I would just punch them. Oh, oh, oh! Get back, monster, I'm stronger than you! And, and I would get under my bed and I would punch the monsters under my bed. They weren't there, they were in my mind. But nevertheless, I started building a different response and I would scare myself on purpose, which is very hard to do, by the way. Uh, it's like tickling yourself. It's almost impossible because you know it's coming. But I would convince myself, there's something coming, and I would, oh, punch it! and. I built this response that now when I'm scared, instead of falling on the ground and crying, which was my natural response, I would, I would actually attack the thing. Until one day, my dad was hiding behind a door. And I walked into the room and he jumped out and I turned around and went, and I clocked him I was much shorter than he was so I didn't catch him in the jaw and knock him out or anything but right in the middle of the sternum I punched him and he's like "Uh, uh, uh." and I was like that's what's up I don't think I said that (laughs) but I probably was just so shocked myself that I didn't say anything but It was the very last time he ever jumped out and scared me because like, okay, that is not a fun game anymore for me at all. I wish he kept doing it because I would have loved an excuse to punch the monster, Uh, but he didn't do it anymore. He didn't scare me anymore because he saw that I had grown a new response. There's a guy in the Bible, his name's Gideon, And uh, you may be familiar with Gideon. Uh, He's uh, a fairly popular uh, children's Bible story. If you grew up in church, you've undoubtedly come across Gideon and the story of the 300 and they've got the clay pots and, you know, a sword for the Lord and Gideon and all that. But, uh, But Gideon was actually a really fearful guy. He was fearful all the way through. He started out fearful uh, when we, when we very first even meet Gideon, he's doing something that you may not notice is, is super weird or fearful, but in Judges chapter six, verses one, 11 through 12, there we go. uh, It says, Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Now I want to point out, there were certain things that were specifically built for certain purposes in the ancient world. Just as there is today. If, if you were to go to a wine press, you would find a place that was uh, probably indoors uh, probably had um, you know, a place for stomping the grapes and a place for the, the, the grape juice to flow into another thing or maybe a basin. Uh, what you wouldn't find is a place that would be good for beating the chaff off of wheat because that required wind. That required uh, the ability to to keep beating it and lifting it so the wind could blow the chaff away. And to do it inside of a wine press would make no sense at all unless you were hiding there like a scared little boy, which is what he was doing. He was afraid the Midianites would see him making some, some wheat and come and take it from him. So he was hiding in a wine press to do it. See, we live in an age where defining ourselves by our proclivities, our anxieties, our our issues has actually gotten really popular. I don't know when or how that happened exactly, but people just like to sit in those things and say, this is who I am. This is what I deal with rather than seeing themselves as the potential that God sees you as, that you don't have to struggle in those areas for the rest of your life. Now, God gave Gideon a very specific mission, assignment. He said to Gideon that he wanted him to uh, to rip down the altar, rip down the... Uh, the idol that his, that his father had put up. So that night, the Lord said to him, take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah that is beside it. So Gideon took 10 men of his servants. These were massive, massive altars uh, and poles. These were not something that he could just go and you know grab and he did as the Lord told him but because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day he did it by night so he obeyed God but I want you to recognize that he didn't just go okay let's do this like an angel, a literal angel, and this may not even be an angel. Uh, there's a lot of uh, of theological debate, but a lot of times in the Old Testament when it says the angel of the Lord, uh, there, are, there are scholars that believe that's called a Christophany, that this was actually a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Not an angel, but the angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord, is is potentially even Jesus himself coming to Gideon. I won't get into the theology there, and it really doesn't matter either way, but one way or another, if, if Jesus or even an angel came and said, I want you to do this thing, oh, and by the way, I'm going to be with you every step of the way, you would think that would give Gideon so much courage that he would just march over with an ax and start cutting that thing down in front of everyone, but it still didn't. Just like when I'm sitting in my son's room holding his hand and the lights are off, he's still scared. Even though he knows I'm there, even though he knows nothing can hurt him. We're in the safety of his room, but because the lights are off, he's still scared. And I I want you to know it's okay to still be scared, it's okay to still have struggles. Becoming a Christian does not mean that you become perfect or you become godlike overnight, it's a process. But I also want you to recognize that it's important to obey even when you're scared or unsure. He did it in maybe the most cowardly way possible. In the middle of the night where no one could see him do it. But he still did it. And if you want to become who God wants you to be, you can't just sit in your struggle. Sit in your your unsureness and your fear and say, I can't do it because I'm scared, you still got to take steps forward, even if they're baby steps. And that's what he did. He went and he, and he tore it down, but he did it in the middle of the night. And if you have to take baby steps towards obedience, that's okay. You're still moving in the right direction. You're not always going to become the person that God sees you as, the potential that you That you have in you all at once. But it is gonna take obedience a little bit at a time. So he obeys. And then God tells him something else, and he obeys again, even though he's probably scared still. And then finally, the day of the big battle that God had been preparing him for comes, or the day before. He says, tomorrow, go, and, and I will destroy the army of the enemy for you. And then he says, it's amazing how God just meets us where we're at. Judges 7, 9 through 11 says, That same night the Lord said to him, Arise, go against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, Go down to the camp with Purah your servant, and you shall hear what they say, and afterward your, sh- your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. God gave him a mission. He said, you have to do this thing that I'm telling you to do, but if you're afraid, then take this baby step first. We need to begin to pair our problems with promises and progress. Whatever you're struggling with today, whether it's fear or anxiety or a certain sin issue, don't just sit in it. Don't just use it as an identity and say, this is who I am. Pair it with the promises of God, because this angel promised every step along the way, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this on your behalf. He was still scared, even with a literal angel telling him what to do. So God met him there and said, okay, okay, you're still scared. Do this one thing first. Take this baby step before you take the big step. So what I want to leave you with is this action step. Pair your problems with promises and progress. Don't just stay where you're at. Move forward. Take the promises of the Lord with you because he will be with you, especially if you're making obedient progress towards him. He loves you. He knows what you can be. And he wants to help you get there. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the promises of your word and the encouragement we can take from it. I pray, Lord, that you would help us every step along the way with whatever you have ahead of us so we can become the people that you have created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: That was such a wonderful, beautiful message. Thank you for sharing the word of God with us. I'm now joined with Brandon Hendricks here in the podcast studio for a short interview. So my first question is just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: I am married. I have uh, four kids. Um, My firstborn son uh, died a few years ago. I have three kids still at home and i am the president of every generation ministries which is an incredible organization that helps churches around the world uh, do really effective transformational ministry with children and youth
0: thank you so much um what do you hope students take away from your message today
1: you know i really wanted to uh, just dispel a couple of uh, things that i've heard which is centered around the idea that their particular issues that that they're dealing with are going to be um, are are going to be their identity that Mm -hmm. that they have to just live with those things forever and uh, and there's a real fear i think built up in people that uh, that if they if they try to conquer their their issues their fears their anxieties their whatever they're just going to get beat back down to who they are and who they always will be rather than realizing that God sees us as who we can be, Mm -hmm. not as who we currently are. And that if we lean into, uh, the way he sees us rather than just how we see ourselves right now, uh, that we can become the people that he thinks we can be rather than just who we know we currently are. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I was really encouraged by, um, the story of Gideon and how God just met him where he was at. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that message in that um, God can just turn our brokenness into beauty and he can do it in small uh, ways that aren't intimidating to us. Like right. God really does meet us where we're at and he's the God of compassion and empathy and he knows his children so well. And so I was really encouraged by the message and thank you for that. Um, Absolutely. Also, if people would like to just reach out to you, be uh, connected or contact you, how could they do so?
1: Uh, The best way would be to email me at brandonh at egmworld.org. And if you want to know more about Every Generation Ministries, you can just go to that website, egmworld.org, and uh, look at what we're doing, where we're doing it, and how you could get involved if you want to.
0: Well, thank you so much. It was a joy to have you speak today.
1: Thank you. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK through 12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cvcs.org. On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more.